Greetings and welcome to A Stone in Zion, the weekly podcast of Zion Lutheran Church. My name is Pastor Peter Kesting, and uh, coming to you here today on this seventh week in Epiphany, and I have a guest with me today here for an interview. I have Beth Meister. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. I was just telling Beth, she has the privilege of being the first woman on my podcast. I've interviewed uh, pastors and, and other uh, people, but uh, she's the first woman on here. And um, we uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about the sermon. She was in church here this morning um, to hear the sermon, and she had some thoughts on it. You were talking about how it reminded me of a movie. You want to give a little bit, uh, just a couple minute, a minute background here on that movie. I don't even know the name of it again. What was it? Well, it was Raya and the Last Dragon. And what really reminded me of it was the themes in your sermon of like treating people as we would want to be treated, but why do we do that? And like, and then tying into like forgiveness and, and, and things like that as well. Um, the, so like the main, the main character um, basically is put into a place where they have to forgive like the bad person or yes. whatever. Yeah. And trust that the bad person is going to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, she she's struggling with um the the main character through the whole movie is struggling with this um this other girl um and they both have anger and resentment and hatred pretty much the whole movie towards each other and it's it's interesting how at the end she she has to um you know they, they talk about they use the word trust that she'll do the right thing but i think i think the movie's more about raya realizing that she needs to just um, forgive this person and forgive herself and just let go of all of that like anger and resentment and hatred that's been building up in her all these years and just and just forgive her and and oh. then deal with those consequences whatever they may be yeah I, I think um, people don't like to forgive right no <laughs> so you're saying there's a lot of people that are kind of like upset by this movie yeah, there's a lot of backlash by this movie. There's a lot of people who feel like it, um, it that uh, it has um, that the character is is naive and um, and not well thought out, and that she goes against um, common sense, common sense, and yeah. reason and logic, and and that there's no like logical re reason behind the, her decision at the end of the movie to like as they put it, trust this, this other girl to do the right thing, like, because she has never proven herself to be able to do the right thing. Um, and, and so they just, there's a, a lot of, like, there's a lot of people who just do not like it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that part of the reason why they don't like it is because they, they don't have this, um, this background that, that you know, sure. of, of Christianity. It's, they, they it's a foreign a, concept to them. Yeah. To think that you should forgive someone even if they don't deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's you said it's not a Christian movie, maybe not even written by Christians, but it, it parallels. Yeah. 
some Christian thoughts there. And I guess that really does emphasize how, you know, it's just, it's so against our nature to think that you would love someone who hates you, mm -hmm. that you would forgive someone who's, who isn't even asking for forgiveness, you yeah. know? Um, and that does, that's in the movie too, right? Yeah. The person doesn't even ask for forgiveness, but they're forgiven and everyone's like, well, why would you forgive someone who doesn't ask for, who hasn't begged for, for forgiveness first? Um, yeah. Which is, of course, something that, that the scriptures teach. So I guess, yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure that when Jesus said these things 2,000 years ago, they probably really <laughs> ruffled some feathers too. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because <laughs> um, it is pretty pretty far against how we we think are by nature yeah. you know it does it goes i mean if you don't have if, if you don't know god or have any kind of knowledge of god then then you look at this movie and you just you don't really understand what they're trying to say and i don't know that the people who wrote and made, made this movie even realized what they were necessarily saying because um, Disney's not necessarily known for making <laughs> um, sure strong but well yeah right you know right. Um, I, well they're I not think, really they're not they're, they're not, not Christian no yeah no. but you can pretty easily make movies with Christian themes accidentally because yeah even though they may not, these people may not be Christian, God's law is, and is still written on everybody's heart. We still have a certain sense of what is right and wrong and what is good and what is bad. And it's just people don't always recognize that or well, even I, know I, how to acknowledge that. I think it's interesting that when they kind of stumbled on it, that, they, that they, apparently there's all this backlash on it, which is, I guess doesn't in a sense it's surprising yeah. but in a sense it doesn't surprise me because um anytime you go against our human nature like that you will have people that have problems with that and that jesus's love is such a uh i don't know it's such a it's such a crazy concept right to turn your cheek when you get slapped to let the person take advantage of you uh, a Christian can do that, can can say, well, there's worse things in this life than having someone take advantage of me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that our, our common sense and our experience here on this earth would tell us the other otherwise, right? You know, yeah. we, we don't want to be taken advantage of. But Jesus said that, you know, hey, there's, there's a lot worse things out there. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Good. Um, I don't know, Beth. I think that's about... Oh, you have any other, any other thoughts? Um, no. I okay. No, I good. think we're good. Good. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, and I hope that everyone enjoys um, the the sermon. I'll be playing that right here. Um, hope you enjoy that, and uh, we'll see you next week. From Luke chapter six, verses twenty-seven to thirty-eight. <clears throat> But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, 
Do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is our gospel lesson. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, your friend at school, or you have, or you have a new friend at school, the boy who, who normally had been mistreating you, who had normally ignored you, said bad things about you, is all of a sudden your newest friend. And not only is he your friend, he's the friend of, of all the other people in your class. A total change in this kid who had been kind of mean and a bully before is now everyone's friend. You see a sign saying that he's running for student council. And you have to immediately wonder, hmm, might this have something to do with this sudden change in personality? Often in our lives, there are different kinds of motivations that we have for what we do and how we treat others. Today in our gospel lesson, we see Jesus sharing with us the golden rule. The golden rule, that, that rule that says that we should do unto others as we would have them do to us. This is not something that's actually original with Jesus. Did you know that Hundreds of years before Jesus lived on this earth, Greek philosophers said something very similar to this. But actually, it was a little different. Their idea was, do to others how you would have them treat you. And then maybe they will treat you the way that you want to be treated. So you can help others so that they will be good to you. It has sort of this, sort of a selfish motivation behind it. We see here in our text for today that Jesus sort of flips the whole table on that idea of selfishness and self-serving activities. As he encourages us here to treat others as we would like to be treated. And it's a powerful message that we see here. But it's also one where we see that Jesus, he followed it and he modeled this for us. So today, let's follow in Jesus' example. 
is he shows to us a, a selfless love that's seen in our actions. A selfless love also that's seen in our motivations. Perhaps one of the, the greatest examples of the very thing that Jesus is talking about here in our text is one of Jesus' most famous parables, the parable of the Good Samaritan. I think all of us have heard of that parable. I think everyone has heard of that Samaritan. But I think so many people have heard it, but they miss kind of the main point of that parable. What is a Samaritan? I think if I were to go out on the streets here today and ask people what a Samaritan was, they would say, well, it's a, it's a person who does good things for other people, right? I mean, you got the Good Samaritan laws, or you have the, the Good Samaritan laws that, that kind of protect people who are helping out others. So if you read the parable thinking that a Samaritan is a, a helpful guy, well, you kind of missed the whole point. If you were to ask a person on the street in Jerusalem at Jesus' time what a Samaritan was, they more than likely would have responded by saying, well, they're the scum of the earth. They're absolute trash. You see, the point of his parable was that the Samaritans and the Jewish people did not get along. They were the Hapsfield and the McCoys. They were ancient feuds going back hundreds of years. So when a Samaritan goes out and shows love to a Jew who had been beaten and robbed, there we see exactly what Jesus is talking about. About showing love to those who are our enemies. Showing love to those who have mistreated us and have made our lives miserable. You know, that's a powerful message, isn't it? I think many people in this world today would kind of go along with the idea, well, if someone's good to you, yeah, you should be good to them back. You know, that's standard etiquette. You might see a, a person who takes good care of their parents. Oh, they're, they take good, such, such good care of their parents. Well, their parents maybe took good care of them. So in some ways, that's only natural. What Jesus is saying here is that you should take care of those who have mistreated you, who have made your lives miserable. And this totally throws the world's thinking upside down. The world thinks, well, those you should, you should give, give them back what they have given to you. Or if, you know, at best, ignore them, let them be. Jesus says here, show love to them. To the person who makes your life difficult. Jesus is really kind of doubling down here on the golden rule. And I think he's doing this perhaps for two reasons. He's showing us what it really means to be a Christian. That we show love to all, even those who hate us, even those who make our lives miserable. But I think he's also talking about this because he's bringing the law home. All of the Bible can really be divided into one of two teachings. 
law and gospel. The gospel tells us about what God has done for us, the promises from God, the love that we receive from him. And then the law tells us what we need to do. Our section from God's gospel is law. It's heavy law. In fact, it's such hard law that I don't think any of us here today can read what has been read in the gospel lesson and think that we have done this, even for a moment. If a person slaps you, turn the other cheek. Have we always done that? Have we always had the done the, the kindest, best thing for the other person? And that's Jesus' point. The point is no. None of us can stand the test of this gospel lesson, of the law that Jesus lays down here. And this does one thing. It causes us to despair of our own righteousness. If this is what it means, if we're going to get to heaven by, by being good people, and, and this is what it means to be a good person, well, then I have failed. And then there's no way I can do it. And it should lead all of us to that realization that we cannot be our own Savior, but that instead we need a perfect Savior, a Savior who did treat others as he would like to be treated, a, a Savior who treated his enemies with love and compassion. And of course, we know who that Savior is. It's Jesus. Jesus did this perfectly in our place. Jesus is our Savior. He took our sins, our failures of showing love, to show love to others, the times when we got revenge, the time we repaid evil with more evil. He took all those sins upon himself. He paid the price. And he kept that law perfectly. And we can think of times when he did that. You know, it's interesting. When Jesus is saying some of these things here in our text, is he speaking literally? You know, I mean, when he said, if someone slaps you, literally you should turn your other cheek to let that person slap you again. Or he said, if someone takes your, your cloak, your outer, your outer garment, you should also give to him your inner garment. I think what Jesus is talking about here, perhaps we don't need to get caught up on the, the literal following of it, but the spirit of it. Because think about it. These things actually did happen to Jesus. He was struck uh, when he was being crucified. His outer garment was taken from him. And we don't have a response recorded that he offered the other cheek or that he offered his inner tunic. So I think what Jesus is getting at here is about having an attitude of not seeking revenge when we are wronged. And certainly... We can think of many times that Jesus did that. Thinking once again of Jesus' crucifixion, perhaps one of the greatest examples of all. Jesus was wronged by the soldiers who nailed him to that cross. He had done nothing wrong. He was an innocent man. Yet they were going to execute him 
execute him in a, in a terrible fashion. Did Jesus seek revenge? He could have struck them down on the spot. He could have vaporized them. Could have done all sorts of things to them. But I think we remember what he did, right? As they were crucifying him, he prayed. Oh, Father, forgive these men, for they know not what they are doing. He showed love to those who had nothing but hate for him. We see a perfect example of the love that Jesus fulfilled, that we should fulfill, but we haven't. And now we see a great example of how we can follow in that, that same kind of love. Perhaps we can think of times, or in situations right now, people who have wronged us. Our sinful nature kind of works that way, doesn't it? We don't have to think too hard to think of someone who has wronged us, someone who has made our lives difficult. Now, think of a way to show love to that person. To follow that, that golden rule that Jesus lays down for us in his scriptures. We follow it in our actions. But I think what's maybe even harder is that we follow it in our motivations. Here at the end of our gospel text, we have perhaps one of the most quoted of all of Jesus' sayings, but it's also perhaps one of the most misused sections of the Bible. Here in our text, Jesus says, do not judge. And many people stop the quote there. Often, when someone confronts a person and admonishes them in some sort of a sin, they respond by saying, don't judge me. Doesn't the Bible say, do not judge? And they kind of pull the quotation from our text here today and saying, hey, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like that you're correcting me in my wrong way. I want to continue on. So what is Jesus saying here in our text when he says, do not judge? Is he contradicting himself in other parts of the scripture? Because let me read to you some other verses from scripture. In John chapter 7, Jesus said, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. So in that verse, he tells us to judge. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 12 says, what business is of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? In 1 John 4, verse 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And there are plenty of other passages like these, where we are encouraged to admonish fellow believers. I think people fail to see the context of this section. If you look just the, in that same verse or the next verse, it talks about uh, a measure. The measure that we use to judge others, it is going to be measured against us. So be careful. So the idea then is that we should not 
bring people down just to bring ourselves up. Don't pull people down to make yourself feel better. Unfortunately, our text was kind of cut off, but if you read a little bit beyond our gospel lesson, there's the part where Jesus says, don't tell someone about the, the speck of dust in their eye until you first pull the, the wooden plank out of your own eye. We see first that we need to look at ourselves, to look good at our, in the mirror at ourselves before we can judge others. To make sure that, that we are not doing this selfishly or doing this to put someone down. What do you do when you see a person, let's say they're blindfolded and they're walking off of a cliff? What do you do? Is the what is the loving thing to do? Is it to remain silent? Or is it to shout out a word of warning? Perhaps that person would say, hey, don't judge the way I'm walking. Don't judge me. Who are you to judge? I guess despite what they might say, the loving thing still remains. To show that person their fault. But we need to look very closely at ourselves first. To check ourselves. To make sure that our motivations are correct. We, mean, we need to recognize that first and foremost, that we are sinners. See, the Pharisees were the ones who were constantly judging others, thinking that they were righteous. Jesus here is speaking and reminding us that all, first of all, we are sinners. And that we too are capable of any sin. It's an interesting thought, right? You, you see someone do some terrible sin and it's tempting to perhaps look down upon that person. But do you realize that it's different temptations for different people? A person who has never gone hungry a day of their life, a person who's never lived in want or need, it's very easy for them to look down upon a person who's lived their whole life in need and has stolen but of course, the person who had everything they ever wanted never had that same temptation. Any sin in this world we are capable of. It depends on the temptations that come into our lives. And that's a humbling thought to think, isn't it? It helps us so that we do not think that we are greater than any other person. It humbles us. But I think also at the same time, and encourages us to reach out to others in love, in compassion, our motivation. I guess that's what it comes down to. What is our motivation? And Jesus here gives us our motivation, love. As the Father has loved us. As God, as Jesus has shown love for us by, by forgiving us our sins, we too forgive the sins of others. We see here in our text uh, a harsh section of law, but it reminds us of the mercy of God and of God's grace. As we looked at Jesus, 
who kept us for us in his love. May all praise and glory be to him. Amen. Please rise. Now, may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.